Let's pray. Speak to us, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening. Oh, God, our creator, bless us again as you did from the beginning, that we might be filled and that like you, we might overflow those blessings onto others. Speak your word to us, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. Uh, about, uh, oh, not quite a decade ago, Deanna and I made, made the decision that as our kids got to the age of around 10 or so, we would take them one-on-one with a trip. It started kind of uh, uh, by happenstance. I was going to teach over in Denmark, and so I took Ethan when he was 10 to Denmark, and we went to Legoland. Did you know Legos come from Denmark? Amazing trip, fun trip, fun stuff. And, and that became the tradition that each time one of our kids turned 10, we we would take them on a trip. So Ember went to New York with Deanna, uh, Emery went to uh, Nashville with uh, Deanna, and my Alana went to Orlando with Deanna, and and COVID got in the way for Ella, and so Ella and Charlie's trips are coming. But each time we try to do something fun, we you know, quality time, one-on-one time, all those fun things, but we also try to do something kind of big and fun. And so for Alana in her trip to Orlando, she went to go see the Blue Man Group. Have you seen the Blue Man Group? Backstage pass. That's right. De- uh, Alana got to, to meet the Blue Man Group. And if you've never seen the Blue Man Group, it, it's, it's a fascinating, you know, I don't know if it started in Las Vegas or whatever. It was in Las Vegas for a long time. They've got a, a group in Orlando. But it is uh, a sensory overload of music and sound and art and all these things. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. You're in an, an, an amphitheater with, you know, thousands of people and, and everybody's excited. And it, it's, it's incredible. And one of the things that I find most amazing about it is these three guys dressed in all blue don't say a word the entire show, but they get the audience to do whatever they want. (laughs) They get you to clap at the right time, they get you to be quiet at the right time, they make you feel foolish at the right time. It's incredible. They don't say a word, but they communicate. They communicate flawlessly. It's like an episode of, of group think. It, it, it's amazing. It's, it's fascinating. It's almost for me as interesting as what they're doing is watching the way you interact with the three performers on the stage. They don't say a word. Words matter, don't they? Right, you remember the old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? <laughs> That's the biggest lie of my childhood. Right? I tell you what, the things that I continue to wrestle with, the things that shape me, they're, they're not the, the ball that hit me and hurt my arm. They're, not, they're the words that were spoken, aren't they? It's the words that are spoken that hurt the most because they last the longest. And they lodge themselves in our psyche in so many ways. Words matter. Words have always been powerful, right? 
Words are always strong and beautiful and, and, and harmful, but they, 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 they come bearing power. We, we know this from our experience, right? We know this from, from, from our life, our, our, our lived life. But, but as we begin this morning, I, I want to just express to you that, that in the Hebrew language, the, the language of the Old Testament, the, the power of words is even more so. Words have even deeper power in the Hebrew language. And we know this because words are how God created. Right? In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, there was nothing, there was a formless void, there was chaos everywhere. And God said... Let there be light. And there was. He spoke creation into being. Like, that, that's a big deal. Right? There wasn't a heavenly celestial light switch that he flipped on. Right? He, 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 he at least in, in, in Genesis 1, Genesis 2 is another story, right? It's another creation story. But in Genesis 1, we, we don't have our creator tinkering at a workbench to form us. He, he just speaks it. Let there be light. Let the waters separate. Let the creatures that, that fly above us and that roam around us and swim underneath us, let them be, and, and they were. Let it, let it be, and it was so. That, that's how God creates with his word. With his word. That's why John, in the beginning of his gospel, says, In the beginning was the word. You see, on this Holy Trinity Sunday, even in the first couple of verses of Genesis, we already have evidence of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Creator, the spoken word, and the Spirit that hovers over the deep. Isn't it incredible that the Holy Trinity, something that was evident from even before the beginning, but, but we don't, in, our, in our, our human context, in our church world, the, 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 the doctrine of the Trinity isn't established for thousands of years. Here in this moment, the triune God is already working. I think that's beautiful. I think that's powerful. And for a moment, I want to go to what happened before Genesis 1. Because I was there. No, I wasn't. But what, what can we infer? What, what can we know about who God is, about what was going on before Genesis 1.1? And this is what we understand about the Trinity. That, that the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, God in three, God in one, right? Three in one, one in three. That, that he was complete. A full communion. They, they were in perfect relationship with one another, right? My, my wife and I, as we live and, and as we parent and as we go through the, the joys and the challenges of, of just family life, we, we often will look at each other and we'll say, man, we make a great team. 
Not, not because we get it right all the time. I promise you, we get it wrong a lot. But we're a great team because everything that she's really good at, I'm awful at. And everything I'm okay at, she's glad to say, go and do that. I don't want to, right? I mean, we're, we're a great team that we cover each other's differences that we're not perfectly matched in our skill set, but we're perfectly matched because with our skill sets, we cover a wider base. Does that make sense? Right? This is my best understanding of the triune God. The, 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 the Trinity, so much more so than, than us, right? But, but it is a perfect team. There are no gaps within the triune God. They are perfectly matched and perfectly connected, and they have a perfect relationship within each other, right? When God comes to creating the earth, it's not like he's a woods craftsman who says, well, I need a table, so I've got to go create it, right? God didn't need anything. He didn't create us to fulfill a need because in the triune God, everything was complete and good and full. Does that make sense? And so why, why did God create the heavens and the earth? Why did God create all the creatures? I mean, all the creatures of the sea, all the creepy things on the earth. I mean, I got some questions, right? There was a snake at my house this week, right? I got some questions. God created not because he needed something, but because he had an abundance The triune God was abundantly overflowing with his goodness, with his grace, with love, with beauty, with truth. God God created not because he needed something, but because he wanted to give something, right? I mean, that's a fundamental truth about our God. He creates because he wants to give. Isn't that beautiful? And he gives of himself. Fully and completely to bless. To bless. One of the key themes throughout the book of Genesis and and, and therefore throughout all of Scripture is this word to bless. God wants to bless. Right? And not in the southern expression of bless your heart, right? Right? God wants to actually bless. And so I, w- I want to take a, just a couple minutes and unpack what does it mean, this word, that we all hear and we all kind of have an understanding of, but I want to go deeper. And what does it mean that God blesses creatures? What does it mean that God blesses male and female? What does it mean that we are blessed in his image and we are blessed by him to go and be fulfilled? In, in fact, that's, that's really what... The word to bless means. It means to be deeply fulfilled. Right? A couple weeks ago, we had our, our youth Sunday, and, and you may remember that the, the kids spoke Hebrew to you. That was a really cool moment. Um, and, and they had on their shirts, they had on the back Joshua 9, but on the front, they had uh, Joshua 1 9, but it was written in Hebrew. And if you're not familiar with Hebrew, it's a, it's a very guttural language. It's, it's one of the original languages, right? It's where we get the, the, the first letters of uh, the Hebrew language are Aleph and Bet, which is where we get the word alphabet from, right? So it's, I mean, it's, it's old and it's foundational. 
And, and the letters look nothing like our letters. And in so many ways, they're, they're, they're kind of like the, the space between the hieroglyphics, right? Which were the little mini pictograms. Think emojis, right? To, to, to what we have today. And so they, each of the letters was, was kind of a, a mini drawing that had different meanings and connections to it. And the, the three letters that are involved in the word to bless... Each, each of those letters had a meeting, had a, a point, and the first one was house, that, that blessing has something to do with a house. And the, and the second one has to do with the head or the top. And, and the last one, the last one has to do with grain, with crops. What does all this mean? <laughs> right? You think of a, a wheat stalk that is fully grown. On the, the head of the wheat, the top of the wheat, we call that the, the, the seed, right? That's the head of the stalk of wheat. It, it goes back to this. And, and the image that we have is, is that God blesses the homes by filling your hands. That's what blessing means. He blesses you by filling your hands. In a real sense, filling them with food, the things you need. But, but isn't that beautiful? That you are blessed by God when your hands are full. That, that, that God's primary purpose is to fulfill you. Man. That God wants to fulfill you. How many of us are fulfilled, right? You don't need to raise your hands. There are moments when I feel fulfilled. There are moments when I feel like I'm living according to what God wants me to do. There are beautiful, glorious days when I can lay my head on the pillow and say, thank you, Jesus, what a great day that was. But so many other days, so many other times, I think we fall asleep at night wanting, don't we? we? We fall asleep comparing what could have been and what was and the gap between them. Wondering, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Wondering, isn't there more? to life than what I'm experiencing, than what I'm chasing, than what I'm, I mean, I mean, think about the things that you have used through the course of your life. Not, not all bad things, lots of good things that you've chased after to fulfill you. And you finally get them. And you're still wanting. Have you been there? All right, easy example I think I've learned, probably not, but there for a long time, I was one of those that was really excited about the next version of whatever it was. We'll call it an iPhone. You ever been there? I never stood in line. You remember the people? Maybe you're one of the people that goes and stands in lines when the next edition of something comes out. I, I never stood in line, but man, I was an early adopter and I was excited. And, and there were times when I got something that I had been longing for. And then I took it home and I opened it up and I 
was really enthralled and amazed and it was awesome. And 15 minutes later, I was like, ugh, boring. You've been there? Maybe it's not an iPhone for you. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's the, the, the next depth of, of relationship with your spouse. A big project that you've been working on. The goal that you've set that you finally realize and you finally put all that hard effort and work into and you get there and you celebrate for a minute and then you're like, oh, I thought that was going to be the thing that was going to make me whole. I thought that was going to be it. And here I am, empty. Again, have you been there? It says that, that God created male and female in his image. In his image we are created. And then the very next word is he blessed them. Because all the good things, man, I, I've got holy ambition. Ambition is not the, the bad thing here. It, it's what drives that ambition. It's, it's, it's what... what, what is the motivation behind what you're chasing after. What fulfills you? According to Scripture, according to the story of creation, according to the triune God, what blesses you, what fulfills you, is being face to face with Jesus. In the image of God you are created. This is what blesses us. When we live in intimate relationship with our Lord Jesus. That's the only thing that will bless you. That's the only thing that will deeply fulfill you. Everything else will leave you wanting. All the good things we chase after, all the bad things that we want to not chase after, but we still do, all of it will leave you wanting. It is only the Lord that fulfills the deepest longings of our heart. That's the story of creation. That's what we celebrate today. That's what we read about, is God creates this entire reality, this entire heaven and earth and all that is in it. And in that, you are fulfilled in your connection, that you are invited into the perfect union of the triune God. And the reality of our sin is that we have broken it. We have drilled holes <laughs> through our hands. And the fullness drips out. So here's the good news. Here's, here's the good news. There's another one who has come. And, and he has holes in his hands. He, he took the holes in his hands so that he could heal the holes in yours. 
This is what Jesus does. This is what restoration looks like. It's plugging the holes. He took the nails to mend the holes so that you might be fulfilled. In him you might have life. In him you have purpose. In him there is no more because he is all you need. And he is yours. And he is for you. And he is with you. And no matter how many times we keep dropping the blessings that God pours out, Jesus comes to you, grabs you by the hand, and pulls them back together. Because one of the fundamental truths about who our God is, is he wants to give you his best, even when we drop it. He keeps coming. He keeps coming for you, to bless you, to deeply fulfill you. And you've tasted it. You've had those moments where you are fulfilled, haven't you? And God's right in the midst of that. And he sends you to go and continue to fulfill others. That's what it means to be followers of Jesus, right? I mean, that's the story of, of Genesis. That's the story of here in 11 more chapters in chapter 12, God comes to Abraham. And, and the reality is from Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and the creation, from 3 on, man, everything went downhill. Everything was a wreck. And it started to turn in Genesis 12 when God looked and called upon a guy named Abraham and his wife Sarah and said, I'm going to fulfill you and I'm going to send you to go and fulfill others. I'm going to fill your life completely and I'm going to use you to go and fulfill the lives of others. That's who we are. We come here each week to be fulfilled, to stretch out our hands, and to hear this morning have placed in your hands the very body and blood of Jesus so that we can go from this place and go out into the world and bless and fill and love and serve others. And that, that, that's who we are. That's, that's what I love about Prince of Peace. You, you do this, right? Just yesterday I got a text, some of you were probably there, that, that a, a, a woman we've been working with, Miss Mary, she didn't have a floor at all, her house was caving in, and over the course of several weeks, she's got a new kitchen, she's got a new floor, because you blessed her. We've done that with our go days. We, we do that with our, 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 our love of the Fayette uh, 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 Pregnancy Center. We, we do that as we go and we serve, as we make flood buckets, as we, we do physical things for people to help their physical needs. Later this month, we're going to go and we're going to be blessed here and we're going to go blessed and bless others as we just love people. Because that's, 
that's who we are. We're ones who don't deserve love, but we are loved. And so we go and we love others. That's how God's blessing continues. His nail-pierced hands. Healing the holes in yours. So you can go and bless others. In the name of Christ.